0: Well, it's time to start the morning service, amen? Andrew, you got the video?
1: The heart of that woman was filled with anguish and pain. However, she was determined to get where Jesus was. Upon arriving, her tears began to fall on the Lord's feet. Then, kneeling down, she dried His feet with her hair. Finally, in an act of deep, thankful love, she poured out the content of her jar on those sacred feet. The aroma of the perfume filled the whole house. That scene of long ago inspires us today to be a part of that same fragrance by giving our alabaster offering. It appeared illogical to buy a piece of land in this area because no one lived here. There weren't even people living nearby. However, God gave a vision to the person who bought the land because now, passing directly in front of this property is one of the most important streets in the city. Soon after the property was bought, the city began to develop the southern zone where we are located. We began to have services here. We were reaching about 90 people during the beginning years here. We started with 15 people and continue to grow over the years. This past Sunday, we had almost 5,000 people. More than 20 years ago, using funds from the Alabaster offering, the Nazarenes bought property in Cali, Colombia. At that time, the leaders were dreaming of a large church. Today, that dream is a reality. We recognize and give thanks to God for all the people who have given to buy this land because this property was bought with alabaster funds. Many people have been blessed by having this church built here. For example, many people who live around here have had a hopeless, very difficult and complicated past. Former drug addicts, former convicts, people that worked in drug trafficking. But now they come in search of God They are people who want to serve the King. We have testimonies of people who lived through a gloomy past. But now, praise God. I encourage all Nazarenes, everyone who has supported the Alabaster Offering, buildings and places like these can change lives in a radical way. We can reach people that perhaps wouldn't have another opportunity. Everyone can contribute to make places like this a place that helps people who need salvation.
2: Barry, do you have something to say?
3: <laughs>
2: well, greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's stand for prayer. Dear heavenly Father, we come to you and God, we prayed your Lord that you would be with us today and that your spirit will you know will commune with us. And just have its way in this service and move in and out of our lives. And God, we thank you and we praise you for the beautiful sunshine that you have given to us. And God, for the opportunity that we have to come into your house. And God, to praise and to worship you. God, as we lift up our voices, dear Lord, to you, I pray that you would receive them as a sweet incense unto you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: aren't you glad we're standing on the promises this morning? Amen. And we are standing on the promises, right? Okay.
2: (laughs) Standing, we're sitting right now. Yeah, we're
0: sitting, exactly. So why don't you all join us and stand, please? So we can stand on the promises. (laughs) All the more reason to stand up. Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring, glory in the highest I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. be changed
2: As we go into this next song, I would like to invite you to come to the altar. Uh, this next song is continuing in with this and uh, you know living our lives in God's love, and we're going to be singing about, or they will be singing about, uh, you know, God building my life or our life. We've sung this song before, so you should know it. It says, worthy is worthy of every song that we could ever sing. Worthy of all of our praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. We're here this morning because of him. Because of all that he does for us. Because of his love that he has poured out for us. It says, Jesus, the name above all names. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath that we could ever breathe. That's who we're singing to. That's who we come to this morning. As the praise and worship team sings this for us this morning. I want you to listen to those words I want you to think about those words I want you to allow those words in this song to move within your heart to stir our souls and if there's a need that you need to bring to the only one that is worthy to the only one that gives us breath to leave to live bring that to the altar this morning If you have a praise to bring to him, bring it to him this morning. Whatever it would be, the altar is open as they sing this morning.
0: Song we could ever
3: sing
0: Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring
2: Father, we thank you so much for being with us today. We thank you for your Holy Spirit and him moving within our lives and in our midst here today. God is the ones that had made their way to the altar. Dear Lord, I pray, God, that you would have, you know, God, I pray that you have met you know, their needs, dear Lord, that they brought to you. And God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would give them the confidence that you heard the things that, you, you know, that they brought to you. And God, that you are the one that is at work. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you will continue to guide and direct in this service. God, we praise you and we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I asked if the ushers can go ahead and make their way forward. As the ushers are making their way forward, if I can have the women to go ahead and to make their way forward for their special today. You can lead us in prayer. Come on, Lee.
0: Andrew, you're gonna put Andrew, put up on the screen. I got her ready hello Hello. (laughs) we're going to treat you guys with a special song that we have been learning Um, if you know it sing it along with us Uh, I don't know where the words will be but they'll be somewhere but we as women of worth uh, I know our meeting is tonight and we'll all do our little meeting things but this is our meeting right now we're going to express to you what we want to build our future on not our past Not our problems. But I think we say we had to do victories over trouble or something like that, I heard from the pulpit one day. So that's where we're going with this. So you enjoy it as we express our heart. You are the strength of my heart.
2: Thank you. I appreciate the work of the praise and worship team. The day that we uh, normally practice is the day that all the storms came through. So uh, we had to quickly practice, uh, you know, for you this morning. And uh, I thought they did a really good job. Uh, On top of that, uh, you know, I'm not feeling all that well, so I skipped out on them. Uh, You know, so, um, you know, that kind of left it for them. But uh, I uh, ask that you will continue to, you know, to pray and to, uh, you know, be with that. So yesterday we had our Share the Love, uh, you know, banquet or, uh, you know, gathering at uh, Luigi and Sons. And uh, we had a good time there, right? Uh, You know, I I think, uh, you know. I noticed that we were having such of a good time whenever someone told the waitress that I was the pastor, and she like to fell on the floor laughing. <laughs> I you know I I didn't understand all of that with the you know uh, you know I I do know that somebody, uh, you know kept on throwing those little uh, you know Hershey kiss wrappers all over the place now. Every one of them was right by my table, so I don't want y'all to look and think that I was the one throwing them. <laughs> but we had a good time. <laughs> instigator. But we had a good time. Uh, you know, we we really did. Uh, you know, um, and and it's good for us to laugh, right? Good. So I have a story that I want to tell you this morning. I you know I heard it as I was doing my studies, and and you might have heard it, and if you've heard it. That's okay. Still laugh at the end of it for me, okay? Uh, you know, so, you know, there was this, uh, you know, this gentleman that was, uh, you know, he had gotten laid off from his job, and he was searching. He had been searching for two or three weeks, uh, you know, trying to find a job. And he's like, look, I, you know, I've got to find a job. So he began putting his resume in and filling out applications everywhere. So he goes to the zoo, and he, uh, you know, fills out the application at the zoo. And they said, well, they said, you know, you know, you're, you're really, you're, you're overqualified, but they called him in for the interview, and uh, you know, they saw the guy, and they, they're like, oh man, maybe this will work, we have a special job just for you, and he's like, well, okay, and he goes, I need you to come into the office, and we'll explain to you what the job is, so, uh, you know, he filled out all the paperwork, and uh, you know, he was hired at the zoo, and he, he goes into the office, and they begin to explain to him that, You know, what happened was, is that a couple of days ago, our male gorilla, he died. And you're muscular and you're kind of big, so we want you to put on this suit so that you can pretend to be the gorilla until we get the real gorilla in. So, you know, we've got another one coming in, so we'll get you to do this. So he's like, well, okay, you know, so the first day he goes out there, you know, and he's like, uh, you know he didn't really know what to do he kind of beat on his chest a little bit and he kind of screamed and people threw him bananas and stuff and he you know he was okay with eating the bananas you know and the next day he got into it a little bit more man and he was beating his chest and he was jumping around and he jumped up and he grabbed a hold of this vine and he was swinging across the cage on this vine and the vine breaks And he comes kaplat to the ground and he's like, oh my goodness, this hurts. I feel like screaming. But he's like, if I do, then they'll know that I'm not a gorilla. And then he looks up and he's in the tiger's den. And the tiger starts coming towards him, and he's like, oh, no, wait a minute. I, I can't scream, or they'll know that I'm not this real gorilla, you know. So he, he begins to back up, and he backs up, and his back is all the way up against the wall, and then the lion comes up, and the lion's sniffing. And then he said, I'm not a, I'm not a gorilla. I'm not a gorilla. Help me. Help me. And the lion goes, shh, you get us both fired. Things are not always the way that they seem. Uh, you know, they're they're not. Uh, you know, there's there's difficulties. Uh, you know, and on the outside, we we try to look like we're like everything is okay, but it's really not. Uh, you know, there is turmoil within. And whenever we think about this, uh, you know, we're we're coming up fastly approaching Easter. Uh, You know, when we're fastly approaching Lent or the Lenten season, Uh, you know, where we give or where we sacrifice something, the thing about it is, is that whenever we sacrifice something for Lent, our attitude has to be proper or we're going to receive absolutely nothing from the sacrifice that we give up for the Lenten season. So I want you to go ahead and begin to think about this. What are Or what is God calling me and asking me to give up for Lent? And whenever we're giving up for Lent, it's supposed to prepare us for what's coming for Easter, right? For the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is to prepare us from within so that we can experience the fullness of the resurrection in our lives. Now, Whenever we look at this, there are are spiritual disciplines that's within our lives. Or that should be within our lives. I think this is it. In John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Beginning with verse 37. Jesus gives us the promise of living water. Verse 37 begins and it says, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowd, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink from this for the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from his from his heart. When he said this, living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, who would be given to the to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. So Jesus is talking and he's giving them this at the end of the festival. And he says that it will be like rivers of water flowing through you or flowing in you and out of you. So we understand that this is the Holy Spirit, right? That is flowing in us and out of us. Andrew, show us the second picture that you have today. This is the picture of the Mississippi River at flood stage this year, two thousand and nineteen. So you can see it's almost you know it's almost over the levee and covered over the and over the banks. but if you notice up in the far left hand corner there's some water that's shooting off over towards the edge. Now, whenever we look at this picture and we understand, I want you to kind of grab a hold of this, because if Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that's living within us is like a river of living water, living water is water that's moving. Okay, so the Mississippi River would be deemed living water, because there are places in the Mississippi that the water is actually going faster than 100 miles an hour. That it's traveling downstream. You know, so it's moving and it's living. But the water that's off to the side is not moving as fast as the water is in the river. Right? It's overflowed. It's boundaries. It's gone beyond where it's supposed to go. If our lives are like a river, there are times and there are things that that happens to us that we begin to clog the river up, and we begin to cease allowing the river to flow where it wants to flow. Andrew, show the next slide this right here and this little piece that's over to the that's that's centered, okay. There again, this is the Mississippi River. This is at flood in 2019. This picture right here was taken uh, you know, about three hours after they opened up the Morganza Spillway. Now, I'm from there, so I, don't, I know that y'all are not from there, so this is really big. So the Morganza Spillway is a place that they have designed that is flood territory for the Mississippi River. Now, the Mississippi River and this uh, land, Morganza here, okay, is in between the Mississippi River and the Atchafalaya River. Now, if the Mississippi River is at flood stage, then the Atchafalaya River is at flood stage. But they're taking some of the excess water from the Mississippi River and putting it into this lowland here. So that it doesn't flood Baton Rouge and it doesn't flood New Orleans and all the other ones that's further down. They've only done this three times in the history of this levee being built. This levee was built or this spillway was built back in 1954. So since 1954, have they only opened this up, this is the third time that they did it. They didn't want to open it up because they were afraid that if they opened it up, they wouldn't get it shut off and the Mississippi River would redirect its path and it would no longer go through Baton Rouge. But it would go through Biloxi, or not Biloxi, but through uh, Bridgeport, uh, through um, Port Allen. Uh, You know, so all of the factories and stuff along the Mississippi River from Baton Rouge down would no longer be able to function. I want you to bear with me. Hang on. I don't want you to get confused. Don't get lost. I want you to turn, I want you to go, and I want you to look at Psalms 51. Psalms chapter 51, if we're looking at it chronologically, would have been written. Right after Samuel chapter 11 and chapter 12. Where Nathan comes in and talks to King David about his sins that he had. About the adultery act or adulterous act that he had committed with Bathsheba. And then from there he had gone on and he had killed her husband uh, you know, in a battle. This is what he wrote right after this. So I want you to see this. It says, "Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out my sin, or blot blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean with from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It hurts me." Day and night against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will, be, you will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yet from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. So I want you to see this. This is David that's crying out. Now, we, kind of, we should get kind of nervous and anxious about this because David is the chosen one, right? He is the patriarch. He is the one that uh, you know the line of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is supposed to come from. Uh, You know, he was chosen by God and we have the, uh, you know, the prophet, uh, you know, comes to his father, Jesse, and he is searching for the right king, for the king that God is showing him. Uh, You know, and we find that in this scripture that he is the seventh of the sons and God, you know, says to, uh, you know, to the prophet, this is the one, a little shepherd boy. I have chosen him To rule my kingdom. This is the same person that scripture writes about. And says that he is a man after God's own heart. This is the same scripture that says that. Whenever he was anointed that day. Although he didn't become king that day. But the Holy Spirit came upon David. At that moment whenever the prophet poured the oil over him. And prayed the prayer of blessing upon David. So do you see this? David was special. David had the Holy Spirit upon him. And in this particular passage of Scripture, you will find that David asked for the Holy Spirit not to be removed from him. Now, I don't want you to get mistaken. It's not that the Holy Spirit would leave David as in the sense that we deal with it today. I want you to understand that David was looking at it from the Old Testament eyes as in the Holy Spirit came upon people for a specific time and a specific task. It was different than the Holy Spirit that comes upon us or comes in us and lives within us today. But it's also coming from a man that has just seen his predecessor, Saul, have the Holy Spirit removed from him. Scripture tells us that God removed his spirit from Saul and that his kingdom would not be the one that the Spirit or that the Son of God or that reign forever. It wouldn't come from his because of his defiance and because of his sin against God. So David is calling and he is asking and he said, please do not remove your spirit from me. Because he knew what the Holy Spirit was there for. He knew the God that he was calling to. This is also the passage of scripture that it calls out and David calls out and he asks for a new heart. And not only does he ask for a new heart, he asks for a pure heart. And we have to understand the newness and why he needed a new heart. And he needed the new heart because he says that he was born sin. Whenever he was in his mother's womb, that he was sinful uh, at that point in time. There is nothing within, within us that is good other than the Holy Spirit. So he can't take a part of David's heart and make a pure heart out of it because sin is there. So God, so David is saying, God, I need you to remove this human heart that I have. And I need you to replace it with your heart, with a pure heart. So you understand? You kind of grab a hold of this. Now let's go back to the river. Because if a river is living water. And it's moving within our lives. Then we have a pure heart. Because God says that I will give you a pure heart. If we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We receive a pure heart. So I ask you the question. If we receive a pure heart then why do we do things like David has done here? I'm going to explain it to you. Kind of just, you know, I want you to think about it. Why do we do those things? Well, the Mississippi River, as a natural river, would have been sending water into this low land that this barricade now blocks. In our lives, the Holy Spirit is in our life, and He is flowing through us like a like a river of living water. There is absolutely not a bit or a part or a spot in our lives that the Holy Spirit does not touch. Correct? Unless, unless we put up a barrier. There are times and there are things that's in our lives that we will not allow God to go into this particular spot. How many of you like to have a pity party? How many of you get upset and get down and like to have a pity party? Okay, I'm glad some people raised their hands. I love a pity party. But if I listened to the moving of the Holy Spirit, I would live a life full of joy because I would allow the Holy Spirit to work within the midst of whatever has me depressed or down today. I'm going to back up and I'm going to tell you that there are some people that do need to take medication because there's an imbalance. I'm not telling you that that's not the point. But what I'm talking about is that whenever we do something, uh, you know, look at david's story here. Uh, you know David had the uh you know the adulterous sin with uh you know, Bathsheba. He knew that it was wrong, and then what did he do? He tried to cover it up. There are times that we do something that is wrong and we cover it up. We either cover it up by ignoring it and hoping that no one else has seen it. Or we cover it up by setting something else in motion that does not allow them to truly see the true fact as far as what we have done. We put up the barrier. We have said, okay, Holy Spirit, you can only go this far. You can only have an effect in this part of my life. Why were they worried about opening up this spillway? The last time that they opened it up, it moved three feet. So they were worried that it would reroute itself. So that it would do the work that possibly it was supposed to do from the beginning of time. But we want to manage it. I don't get a whoa, wait a minute. Terry, I might need to find those signs again. Do you not understand what this is? Because see, we do this to the Holy Spirit. We tell the Holy Spirit that you can only go this way. We're afraid to allow the Holy Spirit to go into this spot of our life. Because it might change the direction of our lives. So we're telling God and the Holy Spirit that I know more about what I need to do and what I'm supposed to do than you do. And I'm not going to let you have that. I refuse To let you go there. Because it might take me down a path. I don't want to go. It might take me down a path. That I'm uncomfortable with. We also might be here. And we might be looking at it and saying. Well. I'm comfortable exactly where I'm at. The river of the Holy Spirit. Flowing through me right now. I'm good. I get the little tingle every once in a while. I even get the little happy feet sometimes and I begin to move around. I'm good with that. But if we truly removed all the barriers and allowed the Holy Spirit and the river of God's, you know, the river of life to truly flow through every part of our lives, what would we be? Who would we be? We would be the one that God truly has for us set forth. Now, I didn't go to school to, to figure out designing this or, or any of those other things. But I also know that there's things that's in our lives that whenever we're letting the Holy Spirit move the living water flow free, that there's things that's there that get knocked loose. There's things in our lives that we hold on to and that eventually as the Spirit moves, that it it frees them up. And what does it do? What happens? It begins to flow downstream, right? But then we have a problem with those flowing downstream. Because sometimes they get caught on other things, right? They get caught on some bridges. I'm still using the Mississippi River as the metaphor. You figure them out in your life. Satan will throw them back up in our minds. And we're, and we're like, whoa, whoa I got to hold on to that? No. The Holy Spirit has freed us from that. Let it go. Let it flow out. Can I let you know that before they opened up this on the 5th of June in 2019, that the houses that were on the other side of this, uh, you know, uh, it's it's over a thousand acres of land that's just designated for this. Over on the other side, they were already... Flooded houses. So that whenever they opened up this water here. That those waters and those houses would just become deeper in water. But before they released that water in there. There was a man that was standing in a foot and a half of water. And he was walking around in his boots. And uh, and he told the newscaster. He said, you know, he said, I've been walking around in this water. Uh, You know, now for four weeks. And it had algae growing on it. It was no longer living water. But it was dead water. See, the other end of this is, is that as things wash away. And as the Holy Spirit works in our lives. If we truly do not let them go. They're going to do nothing but dam it up at the bottom. And we're going to have all the regrets and stuff of the past. And we're going to have all the struggles of the past that Satan continues to throw up in our lives. That's going to sit there and do nothing but back all the water up. And then we're going to have the spots that's on the sides and that's on the outskirts of our lives that that we don't tend to that often that are there and they're doing absolutely nothing and the water is doing absolutely nothing but dying as our spirit begins to die. So then that takes us to this. How can we get to those places? How do we get to where this water is, is living water? That is constantly moving. How do we get to the place in our lives that the Holy Spirit is constantly moving and constantly free to move in every single place within our life, that he moves in and out of all things and that he has direction and he has freedom to change and to move everything in our lives? Matthew chapter 5 gives us the first of a spiritual discipline. And in Matthew chapter 5, it talks about, uh, you know, how we are supposed to look and listen and study the scripture. And then in chapter 6 of Matthew, verse 4, we find that he is now going to go in and he's going to talk about, uh, you know, practices of righteousness in front of others, uh, you know, by giving of alms. By giving money to the poor, by giving money to the needy, by being open and being able to do with the money that God has blessed you with and has provided you throughout your life, that you were supposed to give it to others as they need it. God has blessed you, and then you bless others. The Jewish tradition places this as one of the spiritual disciplines. The next spiritual discipline that we find uh, you know, is going to be in verses, in verses 5. Begin there with verse 5. And it's going to go through verse 8. And this is the spiritual discipline of prayer. And how we are supposed to pray. I, I think it's interesting on, on these passages of scripture on how they say that This is the way that you were not supposed to do it. And then this is the way that you were supposed to do it. He is not telling you not to do it. He is not telling you not to pray in public. He is not telling you not to pray out loud. He is simply telling you that whenever you do this, you were supposed to do it with the right attitude. And if we do it with the right attitude, then what does it say that he will do? If we do it with the right attitude, it says that he will bless us, and then he will bless us in the life to come. Do you get this? He will bless you, and then he will bless you in the life to come. So if I pray right, then I'm going to be blessed. If I give alms right with the right attitude, then I'm going to be blessed. If we go on and we look at the next bit of scripture and we say that if I fast, and if I fast properly, then I'm going to be blessed. And if I'm going to be blessed, I'm going to be blessed today, and I'm going to be blessed in the future. In the kingdom of God. Our spiritual disciplines helps us to allow the Holy Spirit to move free within our lives. Our spiritual disciplines are designed to create an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ that allows us to know his intimate will and his intimate processes as for us as what he has for each and every one of us. We begin to clog up or we begin to. Cut off certain sections of our lives because we are not spiritually disciplined. We are not being disciplined by the scripture. We are not praying in the manner that we're supposed to pray. We are not fasting in the way that we're supposed to fast. How many of you fast on a weekly basis? How many of you fast on a monthly basis? How many of you fast more than five times a year? How many of you fast once a year? Jewish tradition says that you're supposed to fast once a year. Most of us don't even do that. And we worry and we get upset When we struggle spiritually. How in the world did that happen to me? How in the world did I wander off from the right path? Well, did you pray? Did you pray properly? As in not just simply giving him your list of things that you want to do. But praying to God. Having a conversation with him. Asking him. What is he doing? Or what does he need for you to do? Where does he need for you to go? We're only as strong. And we're only able to fight off Satan's uh, you know, fiery darts. If we are prepared and if we are strengthened. And the only way that we can live that life is if we are spiritually disciplined. I'm not saying that this is what happened to King David. But I can tell you in my life that whenever I struggle, it's because I'm lacking in one of the spiritual disciplines or multiple disciplines. Of the spiritual disciplines because I get busy in the day. Because I have three messages that I prepare for each year or each week. So my daily devotion lacks every once in a while. Do you hear the honesty in this? I'm no different than y'all are. And if I struggle with this, I know that there's some of you out there that struggle with this. But see, he gives us what we're supposed to do. Look back in Psalms 51. David says that, God, you don't want a sacrifice. You don't want me to give a burnt offering. But what I sacrifice to you today is a broken spirit. The only thing that God wants from us is a broken spirit. He wants us to come to the point that we are broken, that we say, I have messed up. Or we say that I can no longer do this on my own. I have to understand that I am broken. And the only way that I can live the life that you have called for me to live is if I come to you and I give to you my brokenness. We are not a perfect church. We are not perfect individuals. We are broken individuals. We are a broken church. That has to come before God with our brokenness. Because a broken spirit is the only way that he'll receive us. A broken spirit is the only way that we can be transformed and that we can be healed. King David, God's chosen a broken man, cried out to God. Not only, God, do I want a new heart, but I truly desire to have a pure heart. My desire is to do everything for you. So I give you the only thing that I can give you. And that's my brokenness. That's my broken spirit. Knowing that I'm not right. Knowing that there's something not right in my life knowing that I haven't truly received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, knowing that I have built up barriers and stuff in my life that is not allowing Your Spirit to work in all of my life. I come to You today broken. And that's the way that we all come to Him. As Susan comes to play, I ask that everyone would stand. I ask that every head would be bowed and every eye closed. See, this morning... We come together broken. We are broken people. If there's something that you need to give to God today, if there's a spot in your life that you were not allowing the Holy Spirit to move, the altar is open. If you have never experienced a right relationship with Jesus Christ, he is calling you today to come to him with a with a broken spirit. Come to him open and vulnerable, saying that there's nothing that I can do. Because we're all broken. It's not just one or two of us. If we're all honest, we're all broken. This morning we come to the only one that can fix us. Are there others? We're not going to hold this too long. God knows the best. He knows the best way for you. Are you willing to trust Him in that way? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the words that you have given to us today. God, I thank you, dear Lord, for moving in the lives of the people that are here. And God, as the ones that have came to the altar, dear Lord, that says that I'm broken, and God, I trust in you to fix But God, I pray, dear Lord, that you will be with the others, dear Lord, that are here. And God, that your word will continue to speak with them. and God, continue to move within their lives. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit God, that he would have free reign in the lives of the people that are here. In Jesus' name, amen.